Surgery. I'd like to take his his face off. Yeah. I'd like to take his face off. <laughs> I hear this line in my head <laughs> probably <laughs> like once ever like if I'm thinking about movies from the nineties or movies in general. I, I have that. And and that scene doesn't even like play all the way through because there's like, he says it. He says, I want to take his face off. But then the other guy's like, you want to take his face off? And then he's like, I'd like to take his face off. And you're like, this is just everything like, for me. Everything. They must say it a good like eight to 10 <laughs> times in the span of like 15 seconds. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. Well, if you're, uh, if you just stumbled your way across here, <laughs> we're very sorry as per usual. Tonight we are talking about Face Off. This is a timeless Nicolas Cage, John Travolta <laughs> classic from the 90s. Hi, I'm Katie. This is Nat. And I'm Natalie. And we are the VHS Club. And we, yeah, you got to let us know whether or not you've seen this one. And I think we have slightly different perspectives on this one because I adore this movie. And that's like, this one wasn't very good. So, no. so buckle, <laughs> I, no, on. correction. I think John Woo, the director of the movie, was fantastic. <laughs> I love his fight scene choreography, which I just told Katie earlier that I've been calling it Wooography. Love that. Because it's iconic. You know it's John Woo. He, like, I love it. But the the there's so many things in this movie, Katie, <laughs> that I'm just like, okay, well, that's not how that actually works. But so so if you there have never, a lot of explosions. never <laughs> seen this one, here, allow me to take the synopsis this week, yes. Nat, because this is... <laughs> This is, as Nat put it, my Roman Empire. So here I am yes. with my Roman Empire moment. Uh, so this this brilliant 90s movie, the plot of this one is that John Travolta is, is a incredible, amazing FBI man. And, and at the very beginning of the movie, which is like a very tragic way to open a movie, he and his son are riding on the merry-go-round carousel at like an outside park. And Nicolas Cage just straight up murders his son in an attempt to kill John Travolta. And you immediately identify that these two are like opposite sides of the coin. Nicolas Cage is like the criminal 
I, I can't even realistically and without laughing call him a criminal mastermind, but let's pretend that he is a quote unquote criminal mastermind. He's psychotic. And he's psychotic, which is like prime Nicolas Cage. So whether or not you like Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage. Say, this was probably his best acting yeah. in his whole life was in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Because Nicolas Cage, like, Nicolas Cage is this, and it's just yeah. great. He when just he goes does off the Nick rails. Cage crazy eye. Yeah. He does it so much and so well in this movie. It's like they're. <laughs> It was like, it seems almost like in other movies he tries to control his like Nick Cage crazy, but in this yeah. one they're, they're just like, like go no, for go it. all <laughs> just, in, just go all in. So he's a lunatic. He's a lunatic, but he loves his brother, and John Travolta is a FBI agent who is now. Like so completely obsessed with catching Nicolas Cage's character. A total vendetta. Yeah, which total is vendetta. And so you have these of- two. Two famous actors who are playing these like very strong roles where they are at war with each other and in a tragic, crazy woo style fight with explosions, (laughs) Nicolas Cage's (laughs) character is somehow killed, but not killed. He's still alive. And so he's in a coma and they and the surgeons on the FBI's team roster. I don't know. They find some surgeons. It's a very secretive (laughs) branch of the FBI. This team, this department is so secret that nobody in the FBI even knows they exist. Yes, but they are are surgeon masterminds. And they come up with this genius idea where they're like, hey, John Travolta, we know that you just want your life back and we should just straight up murder this guy. But instead, we're going to keep him alive and we're going to take his face off <laughs> and we're gonna put it on your face and and somehow your body will turn into magically Nicolas Cage's body and and we're gonna explain things by saying we put a voice box that we've synthesized in so that you look and sound just like Nicolas Cage. An extremely fragile voice box yeah, that extreme- if you too hard can break. But if you get in a massive prison brawl like three times, you'll yeah. be fine. And if you really need for it not to work, it's gonna work. It's, it's gonna, gonna work. it's just gonna it's work. Gonna work. But yeah, so he so so John Travolta <laughs> becomes Nicolas Cage and and doesn't and doesn't tell his wife or anyone else. No one knows except for no. a select few people. And Nicolas Cage then goes Nicolas Cage. But really, John Travolta goes (laughs) back to prison to try to get this important information that he needs to get. And from his equally criminal, psychotic brother. Exactly. And big surprise moment, everyone. So are are you holding on to your potatoes slash popcorn? Because big surprise moment here. Nicolas Cage, who now has no face. He's faceless. He, He awakens out of the coma somehow magically awakens out of the coma and not only is he just fine he's like straight up fine but he's able to just murder everyone in the room but not until he's got them to put john travolta's (laughs) face on his flawlessly and body body. yeah magically the body's just a line even though their body types are totally different but you know what well they do say in the movie that they're going to do a whole ton of plastic surgery on the body too they okay. switch John Travolta's like they make a joke that so John Travolta was super popular in the 70s and 80s and then he's this is sort of his sort of resurgence into Hollywood is mm-hmm. these 90s movies he's these acting movies in these movies yeah he's <laughs> older yeah. um 
so they even make fun of in this movie. They're like, oh, we'll fix that beer gut you have and make it more look like Castor Troy's, you know? <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. that's pretty savage mm-hmm. <laughs> they also and I, make fun of his chin they did and i didn't i uh i am ashamed to say so uh so i see paul and dan and kimberly are hanging out with us in the live studio chat you three will have to fact check this episode because i i was so into watching the movie that i did not jot down near enough facts but i did <laughs> i did catch this one that john travolta unsurprisingly was actually pretty offended when they when they made that like line in the movie that says that uh, that he has like an ugly chin, a ridiculous, <laughs> like, a ridiculous chin. chin, and he, he I guess the I director mean, it's what made him famous. You I know, know. Like, it's but... true. I don't know why he was upset, but he was apparently upset about it. And the director told him that like had to like reassure him that it, it was just how how Nicolas Cage's character would act. <laughs> so so that that fact I did I did take. But yes. so the movie the movie which is well over two hours. So you gotta really, yes. you know, you gotta buckle in and really t- really take stock of this one. But it 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 unfolds and it's kind of I, I will ask so I will ask this of you, Ned, even though you thought this movie was absolutely preposterous. So I for some reason like I just laughed my way through that description because it's completely ridiculous. But there's this moment where John, inside John Travolta, who looks like Nicolas Cage, is in jail, and he realizes that everyone that knows that he is John Travolta is dead, and he is, like, screwed. He's completely screwed. And there's a moment where I'm just like, wow, that would have been terrifying. Like, there's a moment of just, like, I I somehow just accepted all of the nonsense that led up to it, and I was so... Like with his character in that moment, I was like, "What it's are we crazy. gonna do, John Travolta? I mean, we gotta get out of here." About it. Yeah. So the character John Travolta, it's Agent Archer, mm-hmm. uh, Sean Archer, and then Castor yeah. Troy is Nick Cage. Yeah. So they've switched bodies and lives at this point. Like Castor's supposed to be in jail, but it's actually Archer, and yep. Castor is now pretending to be FBI, FBI agent, agent Archer. Yeah. He. <laughs> magically knows where this super secret that nobody in the FBI knows where it is <laughs> office is. Mm-hmm. He he integrates with all of his co-workers that he's like how this bad guy slash like criminal mastermind criminal knows who any of these people are. <laughs> yeah. He he knows where this agent lives. Mm-hmm. He knows the guy's wife's name, daughter's name he hits on the daughter, but he looks does, like her father. He does think the daughter's she's name is so Janie. Creepy. He thinks her name is Janie, but then she's got a pillow in her room, Nat, that says yes. Jamie, and he corrects yeah. himself. <laughs> yeah, I, that moment was kind of I insane. Did, I did, like, the moments where it's like, he tells archer real archer that i'm gonna sleep with your wife well he he doesn't say sleep with his wife he's like i'm gonna fuck your wife and and they do it implies that they have slept together yeah her and this guy that she should like his whole personality takes a 180 and she's like oh this is okay she does call well no you gotta back up because you're missing important story moments she writes in her diary nat that he finds and reads that that she's you know she's really having a hard time she's having a hard time nat you know they're having a dry spell she She just wants him to be normal again and he's so caught up in catching caster so she she also does say like 
so when he technically caster is presumed dead he comes home and he's like baby it's over like i'm gonna be home more i'm yeah. not gonna go on any of the crazy missions anymore and she's like good you could do all the fucking therapy that you very obviously need <laughs> and so I mean, I guess maybe we could argue that when he starts becoming very um, creepy, misogynistic, overly sexualized, she's like, maybe he just had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's very creepy. <laughs> but mind you, Archer does this thing. So they they create these sort of physical things that the the character does. So his family recognizes, like it's a small little quirk where he runs his fingers yeah. across the front of like top to bottom, like up and down yeah. his family's face in a in a, a, in a loving an endearing kind of way. in an endearing, yeah. creepy, very terrifying it's kind so of way. Disgusting and creepy, but anyways. <laughs> I'm like, oh, don't touch. Like, if he had done that when we were dating, it'd be like, red flag, cotton. Red flag, we're done. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to stay alive. Mm -hmm. You are not my husband. Anyways, but so so there's like little things um, like that so that she can kind of recognize. So she does recognize throughout the course of the movie that something is wrong. But like, could you imagine that you slept with this guy you thought was your husband, but really is just actually some criminal, insane psychopath that technically raped you? That's disturbing. Yeah, everyone in this movie is going to need a it's lot disturbing. of. It's going to need a lot of therapy. I, yeah, and, and at the end of the movie, when he licks the daughter's face, he's like, "I'm kidnapping her, and I'm going to take her," and implies he's going to have sex with her, but he's still in her father's body. I'm like, all the therapy. Like, I don't want to make it out of that scenario. I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm good. I'll just get done. a little down here. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, there are, anyways, there's some very creepy moments. I think the one moment in this movie that shocked me the most. Okay, so Archer, who is in prison, looks like Caster, breaks out of this super secret maximum security prison that yeah, like, is in it's the like middle an island. of an ocean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Somehow magically makes it back to LA. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Hell okay. of a swimmer, Ned. He's sure. a hell yeah. of a swimmer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and <laughs> he ends up realizing, like, he tries to go home, but obviously that's not going to work. And he tries to tell his wife, like, hey, like, you know, check my blood type versus his blood type because I have a rare blood type and he, there's no way that that guy is my blood type. So she does. And then she ends up believing him. But he realizes he needs help to get this guy cotton out of his life because he still is an FBI agent. Mm. So he goes to this guy's known associates, like other criminal friends, and he integrates with them. And that's where we get that great line where um, <laughs> his friends roofie him, by yeah. the way. Like, okay. Anyways, they, so I guess they the criminal offer him drugs. He's just too much. No, of no, no. A... They cracked it into his whiskey glass without <laughs> telling him that they. No, no, they roofied him. Um, <laughs> which, sure. So then I'm like, well, they know it's not him. Maybe the real caster got in touch with them. No, no, no. It wasn't that genius. <laughs> I'm just like they just roofied their friend. <laughs> um, and. 
So then the the ca real caster in the archer skin suit comes and he's blowing up the place with all these FBI agents, which I'm like, since when does the FBI have this protocol where it's like, we're just going to gun down everybody in this building, including women and children. Like there's innocent lives in there where the FBI, we don't care, shoot them all up. <laughs> like, wow. Um, and this one of the main bad guys, this big bald guy, Hassler, gets shot saving who I thought was his girlfriend, who is the ex-girlfriend of Castor and the mother of Castor's young son. Mm -hmm. Okay, complicated, but come with me on this journey. Yeah. He gets shot in through the neck. And you can mm -hmm. see it's like a through and through. It's brutal. Um, he's covering with his hand and he... He tells her, you know, get the kid out of here, get safe, you know, go to your sister's or whatever. And she's about to walk away and he grabs her and he full on kisses her on the mouth. And then she runs away. Fast forward a little bit when they have this blowout fight scene um, in a church at a funeral. And she's like, I'm here to avenge my brother. Yeah, that's her. It was her brother. They her say brother? My French they kid. They say that like a number of times that it's her brother. You, did you? I, I unobservant. Only <laughs> I only noticed when yeah. she said, I'm avenging my brother's death. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. And I rewound it. And I'm like, nope, they French kissed. Yeah. I, so what? I heard the brother I, thing all the way through, but was also what? very disturbed by the like way too inappropriate <laughs> kiss. Like it was weird. It was also, weird. Also, she looks latino and he is very aryan looking <laughs> i mean it's possible but i guess, anyway, I, guess I, I just anyway wild <laughs> i just i don't i i don't even have like a good defense so if you're hanging out in our live studio audience let us know what you th a whether or not you re-watched this one or watched it for the first time and whether or not you liked it pa paul says uh that you would think that archer's wife might have had a telltale sign during sex that he wasn't her husband. You right? would think. You would think. Given that, like, it's not like it's not like Castor's character was even kind of normal. Like he he is entirely a sociopath. So you would think that like sex with your normal like white bread husband of twenty whatever years would be very different than sex with a sociopath. But maybe <laughs> not. Maybe not. I don't like. Who knows? I don't. I wouldn't know. I don't think I've had sex with a sociopath yet. So I. I don't know. I will. We'll see what happens. But I. Yeah. It. It was uh, an interesting. An interesting moment there. And yeah, I think it. Uh, yeah, I and and Doc says at the time at the time that this movie was made, one of the biggest social fears was getting roofied. <laughs> so yeah. so it was a it was a, a thing to slip in there. I felt it's funny. Like I watched that scene, and I I don't disagree that I think he was roofied. I I don't disagree with, it. but it felt to me like they were all all taking drugs together. Sort of, it was like a a drug they just moment. Assumed they that just he assumed that he would want, yeah. Yeah. So they didn't tell him they were going to drug him. Yeah, and it kind of also felt like yeah. a little bit of a of a test too. Like I like it was this kind of like But well, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. But I guess it it felt like it initially <laughs> it to me. <laughs> I did can we talk for a second about the fact that so you have <laughs> so you have these two men who have traded lives. It's like it's like yes. trading spaces, everyone. So they've traded <laughs> lives and you have Nicolas Cage, who, like, seems to just be, like, at first, he's, like, having fun, 
screwing over and being like crazy with Archer's family. But then he's just like straight up into it. He's like, no, no, I like this. I'm just going to take this, all of this for myself. Yeah, I did actually kind of find it funny. So his boss dies. So Archer's boss, the real Mm -hmm. FBI boss, dies of he was dying of a heart attack and then mm. Castor being a psychopath just decided expedites it <laughs> yeah yeah makes mm-hmm. it happen a little quicker um which I'm like okay well you could have waited like maybe two more minutes the guy was obviously having a heart attack and nobody was calling an ambulance because you two were alone yeah so I'm like you could have just hey, whatever so he he kills them and so they're going to the funeral and they're getting in the car so now the wife already knows that this isn't really Archer mm-hmm. and so she sends the daughter away with the very plausible excuse because the daughter, since the death of her younger brother, has been having behavioral problems. She's in high school. Yeah. Uh, I say that like, well, obviously, well, anybody would have a hard time. Yeah. She happens to be in high school. <laughs> and so the mother's like, oh, well, she stole 50 bucks out of my purse and God knows where she is. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's very plausible. Yeah. Likely also, I would assume, I assumed incorrectly that the mother was like get the hell out of here here's yeah. 50 bucks yeah. go to your aunt in like wisconsin and just get the fuck out of dodge well, that didn't d- happen real <laughs> archer tells her to get like to get the daughter out of there like to, yeah, yeah but that's not what happened because apparently caster was very easily able to find the daughter and then drag her into this gun shootout at the funeral <laughs> but yeah. what i found funny was as Castor is getting into the the car to go to the funeral. The wife is like, oh, she's not here. Obviously, she just ran off. Who knows where she is? And he's like, actually genuinely pissed. He's very offended. That yeah. his family isn't like this perfect vanilla family. Because <laughs> just... he's a sociopath. <laughs> yes, he's crazy. He's crazy. He's very crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. But yeah, it was funny because even when he gets in a fight with his wife, he's just like, oh, this is like shades of a real marriage. It's like, which also him getting in that fight with his wife was all in his own head. He thought mm-hmm. she had done something to slight him. Yeah. Which I mean, she did, but he didn't know that. He had no basis of being upset in that situation. So it was kind of funny. Yeah, I, it's it's so funny when it comes to this particular movie. Like, I, so I, we last week we did Con Air which it's funny rewatching Con Air, I was like, well, this is ridiculous. This could never like happen. Let's just make fun of Con Air. And for whatever reason, rewatching this one, I'm like aware that it's ridiculous, but I feel like my, for whatever reason, my suspension of disbelief is like different in this one than it was. Yeah. Where it's like, I accept that it's ridiculous, but the in-between moments of like acting and character, character i think the emotional the emotional yeah the emotional responses of the characters i was like playing off how i would react in those kinds of situations like i was putting myself into john travolta's character when he was like stuck in this body that wasn't his and he was trapped and then i was putting myself into like the wife's character where i was just like oh my god like what what would i do if this kind of situation which uh, it would never happen because of all of the like science and and reasons why it would never happen but but it like i i feel like the character development was way stronger in this movie and it and that carried it through that even though the entire thing was completely insane plot there was a yeah there was a plot to yeah. it where it's fun the only part that i found to be like whoa okay we've like crossed a line you would think it would be in like the 
let's remove their faces and trade their face. I would have been like, mm, I don't know. I was fine I, I with love, that. Fine with the faces. Just a small laser <laughs> cut, cut around the circumference yeah. of a face and then and with like pull it off. a yep. suction cut yep. vacuum. Yep. They just suck the face off. Not possible, by the way. There's um, tissue and tendons and ligaments. No, Nat, that's nerves. fine. <laughs> I was fine with that. somebody's face off. But, okay. I was fine with that. Yeah. My suspension disbelief, I was like, okay, not possible, but I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in for this being the premise of the movie. And then I was even in for like all the stuff that you just talked about that was impossible. Like, how does he know where where he lives? How like all of that stuff? I was like, all right, fine. You know, the, like maybe because they've been chasing each other for so long, they have like some uh, knowledge of whatever of where you know whatever. I believed in that. But then we get all the way all the way to the end of the movie, like literally the last couple of minutes of the movie. So as Nat said, we find out in like the later half of the movie that that Nicolas Cage's character, Caster, has a son, like who's like, oh, I yeah. don't know, like eight, let's say, with with his girlfriend. And he doesn't even know he has a son because he's she she discloses it to who she thinks is Caster, but is actually but Archer. But actually Archer. And, and he reacts badly, but that aside. But so we get all the way to the very end. She ends up like, like sacrificing herself for who she thinks is caster so that's like so that whole moment was kind of heartbreaking because you're like wow okay she like killed herself for the wrong guy like for who like she just didn't even understand what was happening because archer on behalf of caster apologized for all of the trauma yeah but she thought it was try he He did did try try real hard to get her out of town she's like the kids out of town i'm going to avenge the brother that i french kiss all the time and she didn't want to leave, so she shows up at the gunfight. You know. Yeah. So she shows up. Which is so I was. So that that part I didn't even save him. I felt so bad for that. I felt really bad for that, but that part again, I was like believable. Fine, I'm in, I'm in. She like she comes back. She wants to be involved. Fine. But we get all the way to the very very end, and she has this like comment be- well before she dies, where she says like, if anything happens, like raise our child not in this lifestyle whatever and you're like well that's gonna come back to bite us so we get we get all the way to the very end of the movie and john travolta is now somehow somehow don't raise our son in this i'm like would i adopt a son of a sociopath and psychopath (laughs) probably not because that shit could be genetic if he is in a traumatic childhood environment check check i'm like no foster care and i would just check in on him all the time yeah. So so not only <laughs> like not only does somehow somehow even though there was only one surgical team that could do this very weird extreme yeah, surgery yeah, all and the we were all was, the technology was destroyed. Yeah, Nicolas sure. Cage lit everything on no, fire yeah, when he did it. John Travolta somehow gets back into his own body and face again and comes home and everyone's like so excited to see him and then he's like also I've randomly fun. adopted this child that is like, and it's without and, checking in with his poor, without checking wife, in with his wife I, and divorce so, papers. <laughs> like, here, are my, here are my issues with it. One, like a he didn't check in with her. Two, this child is the child of like the worst possible people. And C, like this is like literally he like does not have nurture or nature on mm-hmm. his side and they're literally just like and then if we take a moment to like think about this child the only reason that they're adopting him is because his dad killed their son who was about the same age and they're yeah. literally just replacing they're like they're like Again, we already have a room ready for you take him Archer to his room jamie 
therapy. Yeah. Therapy is the theme of this movie and the seemingly lack of access to it because he... It was the 90s. Oh my goodness. So at the beginning of the movie, he his son gets killed. Horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he's traumatized by it. He seems to have a, a several year vendetta that he has a whole department dedicated to within the FBI. Mm-hmm. His personal, I refuse to do therapy vendetta. Okay, so that's a problem. He has an occasional very short fuse because he is emotionally unintelligent by every possible means. Um, Again, needs therapy, short fuse. Uh, His poor wife at this point, finally the guy of the, the, the person of his vendetta is caught and, and, quasi dead because they say oh he's nothing but a turnip he's not on a ventilator so he's clearly not brain dead hi he wasn't brain of course he woke up he was never at brain dead at this point because if he was brain dead he would have been on a ventilator to keep the body alive anyways (laughs) and yeah so he just he needs a lot of therapy and really this movie could have i mean it wouldn't have been made if he went to therapy but (laughs) Mm mm-hmm Doc- and I love how his office too, like every one of his coworkers, he comes in when it's Castor pretending to be Archer, and he's like, "Look at me, I'm a badass like FBI agent." He's all like, you know, like showboating, and I'm like, that's very much the opposite of Archer because they showed a very similar thing. Like, sir, you're a hero, and he's like, the fifty, these fifty following people have died and in the like capture of this guy <laughs> he's all pissed about it so he doesn't want to be a hero yeah so yeah it, anyways nobody noticed that he wasn't him <laughs> <laughs> except for his wife finally but he had to actually physically tell her he had to have it multiple <laughs> and she took a blood hero. test like like he gave her like enough of a memory that she should have been able to identify and he, she was still like i mean no. it would have been pretty hard to be like Oh, I believe you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, this is the face of the guy that killed my son. I'm like, totally believe that you're my real husband. True. <laughs> I would true. not have. Also, divorce. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would have, like, literally been like, here are the divorce papers. Please sign these. Yeah, guys. we're all done. <laughs> we're done here. Oh, my goodness. Do- Doc finds it hilarious that we, that we who love Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones and Star Wars and MCU get really bent out of shape when Face Off has ridiculously fake shit in it. It's true. It's true. It's well, true, we're not yeah. judging those ones yet, Doc. So, you know, there with more to come. Um, and, and this is... <laughs> So Doc, Doc coming at us with Healthline and WebMD uh, says, many experts consider sociopathy more of an environmental construct than a genetic one. It results from an interruption in personality development by abuse or trauma in childhood. I mean, so we really, it, like, Doc, we have all of it, it could here. could be a like, just, and a sociopath. Yeah, we have just, just all of it. <laughs> so so not genetic in this case, but he also has bad genes. Genetic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A little bit of both. It's possible. I mean, we don't have a clear diagnosis for him. I would say he was more of a psychopath because he wasn't. His brother was probably a sociopath and he was like uh, Pollux was probably a sociopath and Mm -hmm. Castor was likely a psychopath. Mm -hmm. Anyways, whatever. I mean, I feel bad for the kid. He's a kid. But still, I would have. Like, you don't just, like, cold turkey bring a child home. (laughs) You can't just replace your dead kid without asking anybody. 
Yeah, see, I would have come home as John Travolta looking all dapper and whatever else. And and the the kid would have been over at Doc's house because Doc seems to be cool with taking the kid in. (laughs) And I would have burned my whole house to the ground because now every bad guy knows where my house is and what my code is and all of it. And my we would have moved like it would it wouldn't have been like a homecoming in this kind of way. It would have been like a now we live in witness protection because there's still a lot of bad guys that likely know what my not only what my address is, but like, but he also gave he himself. So he himself mm-hmm. pretending to be caster gave out like all of his security information. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty wild. Yeah, they would definitely probably have been in witness protection. But all this to say, I love the John Woo fight scene choreography. So good. And can we talk about the <laughs> boat chase? Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the movie, after there's this big shootout at the boss's funeral, they hop into these boats and like very Miami Vice style, mm-hmm. like going down this body of water. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they are. They're, I guess somewhere. Doesn't matter. Sky. Doesn't even California, matter. California, LA. <laughs> Um, and they're they're going in these speedboats and they're bumping into each other and then they start shooting up each other's boats and I'm like, oh god, how many bullets does it take to blow up a speedboat? Apparently, hundreds. Hundreds. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That and part I do was love, that part was pretty epic. I do love when when ever there were explosions in this movie there were also fireworks like there was like the glittery fireworks it was very it was very appealing to the eye (laughs) see where you're so funny you were all you were all in for the for the john woo explosions and i was all in for um for why the face off that was my my favorite moment but then also um there's a moment at the very at the very beginning of the film where nicholas cage is walking and he's got this like long trench coat and the wind like whips it up slow-mo style behind him and i'm like yep Uh, yeah that's also a classic 90s yeah totally amazing and then later trench coat and it flips out behind flips up but nothing does it as well like that scene is like burned in my mind again roman empire (laughs) burned in my mind and then also um later in the movie there's like a white dove in the church that just like slow-mo flies by and you're like yep we're full circle now with like it was a the very sort of classic <laughs> 90s action yep. sequence to mm-hmm. have like this hyper catholic imagery yeah. mm-hmm. to signify shit's about to go down yeah so you yeah. you see like some old like nona lighting a candle and like a white <laughs> dove and like uh um like an altar boy choir singing in the background and then you like all the guns <laughs> coming out yeah. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet style, right? It, it brought yes. me it brought me Romeo yeah. and Juliet vibes. Very. I was like, oh, gunfight going down. Yeah. <laughs> There's a dove. It's Get ready. Iconic. Yeah, it was. So those were probably my favorite moments. Of this movie. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't. I like it. Just I, it holds up for me. I can't defend it or explain why? even why, but I really, I love thoroughly how crazy. enjoy this movie. I just love how crazy it is. I love how crazy Nick Cage goes in this. Like they really took the straight jacket off, and they're just like, "Go for it, kid! Go for it! <laughs> Go for it!" Uh, and I do love how John Travolta plays Nick Cage's yeah. crazy yeah. as well. Yeah um that which is pretty spectacular from from him too yeah they actually Um, like and and unsurprisingly they spent time like researching each other's you know facial cues and different things to try to get 
you know, to try to figure out how they were going to play each other, which wouldn't have been easy. Like both of them have like a very specific like stage presence and personalities yeah. that shine through. So like it would have, I guess maybe that makes it slightly easier, I guess, than someone that's like a little bit more of a character actor. But, um, but yeah, would it, I, it, I think they both did a really remarkable job with it and they like made it so that it was, like fun, but again, like, like I can't, I can't think of another word other than believable, even though that's not the right word. But, but they were, they were believable as each other. Um, I had a random question. I'm referring to the movie was it the unbearable weight of massive talent. Oh, I love that. That movie. Nick Cage came out with. Uh, yeah. it's not in our movie ago. era, but but really, it's just watch not, it. It's so good. But you should watch it. It's so Nick Cage makes fun of himself, himself in this movie, yeah. mm-hmm. and in it this guy collects all this Nick Cage movie memorabilia and the two gold guns are in it. So as soon as I saw the gold guns come out in this, I'm like, oh, right, this is the movie they're from that <laughs> Pedro Pascal was collecting them from. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, so- it made me giggle and it wasn't meant to be a funny moment when you see his two, like, he puts his holster on and after he plants the bomb at the beginning of the movie and he, he goes to meet his brother, at the airstrip on their private to go to their private jet to I guess get away and he puts his holster on you see his two gold guns and he dressed like complete euro trash (laughs) I have to say at the beginning of the movie they're on this private jet they're gonna fly away they planted a bomb in LA as a demonstration for a future sale of 10 million dollars or something or other the the bomb technology Mm -hmm. and the flight attendant on the plane is an undercover FBI agent. Can I just say worst assignment ever? <laughs> like, so Nick Cage, oh. Castor Troy, gets on this plane with his creepy little brother. Oh. And and the first thing he says is he forces her to sit on his lap. And mm. he talks about eating peaches, which mm. I would be like, best case scenario. <laughs> I'm off the plane in two seconds and filing a harassment report. What I probably would have done was the sort of Lorena Bobette situation. Yeah. Probably. Do you, and all then I... he sticks his tongue out and says, would you like the privilege of sucking on my tongue? Yeah. No, dude. That, I, You know, when she, he then also, there's a bit of a chase scene with this little helicopter and all these cars chasing the private jet down the runway. And uh, he ends up shooting this poor FBI agent. And I probably would have been like, thank God, I don't have to suck this guy's tongue. <laughs> like, boom. <laughs> so creepy. He played creepy very good in this movie. He did. He played creepy really, really well. I, I, as you're talking, all I can see, and uh, we'll have to find the link to post it. <laughs> for people. But there's a, there is a, a TikTok account Nat and I have been sharing videos back and forth with. And there's just a guy that like will play other people's TikTok like, clips and questions and such and he just runs up with a giant physical red flag and that's like i feel excuse like excuse me sir excuse me sir and he and he like waves his flag you're a red flag for yeah. the following reason uh and so as nat's talking i'm like i feel like we could do a really fun version of this movie where you just have like the red flag guy like across the bottom in like key moments to uh to yeah to do this it's so too funny yeah um, i i have to say nick cage takes um what i think was supposed to be was slightly crazy like lunatic charming hyper masculinity and mm-hmm. try and make it into this charming sexy thing that all these girls i'm like no 
it just comes across real bad and it did then too it's not it hasn't aged any differently than it played the first time like it's just so makes your skin crawl you want to take a bleach shower (laughs) he's a type he's a type Uh, paul says (laughs) Paul is fact-checking for us tonight, so huge thank you to Paul. He's been sharing all kinds of awesome facts, so here's a few of them. Uh, Nicolas Cage didn't want to see the grotesque face makeup, so John Woo hid all of the reflective surfaces on set. (laughs) It's just brilliant. Um, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta spent two weeks together before filming to learn how to play each other. They decided on specific gestures and vocal cadences for each character that could be mimicked. And then I saw one that came further back. One okay. sec. Let me find it. Let me find I it. I was wondering. I'm like, what's with mm-hmm. the accent that John Travolta kind of has and kind of doesn't have throughout this movie? John Travolta, why is it kind of south- Southern? He and has... isn't he from Jersey? <laughs> no. But he... What was with that slightly Southern twang he had in this he movie? He does have, maybe it's not a Southern twang, but he... John Travolta has a particular, like he, I think he's definitely playing it more in yeah, this movie yeah, for yeah. that specific yeah. reason. But he does have like a he specific sound like Danny Zuko from Greece. You know, like... he's got like a yeah. I guess Greece is maybe the exception to it, but he does have, or maybe he just plays a lot of characters that have this. But he he has like a particular twang to his voice that comes out stronger in some movies than in others. So, um, and yeah, John, John Travolta. I guess it was something that Cage could maybe emulate. Easily. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. John Travolta asked the writers if they were making fun of him with the ridiculous chin line. They explained that Castor was such a narcissist that he would hate anyone else having hate having anyone else's face. So thanks to Paul, thanks to Paul for <laughs> for fact checking and hi to George who is painting his studio and hanging out with us here. If you ever want to hang out with read. us, you can do that every most. I guess I shouldn't stop saying every most Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern here on YouTube. We hang out and record these lives. So you can always hang out in our live studio audience or listen whenever you want. Go ahead, Nat. You read. I was going to say that one of the co-screenwriters got the idea for Face Off uh, because one of his friends had a hand gliding accident and they had mm. to take most of the skin off his face. They had to take his face off. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't as seamless as this. I mean, I wish, I really wish we had the technology. Like, the I, don't. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> well, not face off, but the fact that they could just like have a laser spit out a perfect ear and then put it on somebody's body and have no scars and no surgical recovery time. That would be fantastic. I know. It's like, Imagine it's like, it's only going to be a couple of done days for veterans and, and, yeah. Uh, victims of of violence and war like imagine the amazing uses i mean of course people would use it for evil because that's just the world we live in as this movie demonstrates but i mean like it would be such a great advancement in medical technology if we were actually at that place (laughs) where these things were possible and can we shout out the the doctor was our canadian national treasure um Mm -hmm. yeah we love him he he you know he played i guess sort of like a bad scientist doctor mm-hmm. in this because he invented this crazy technology he Wait, often which another guy was able to do great. yeah I, I, yeah I of course somebody that. else was just like yeah yeah we totally <laughs> maybe it was uploaded to the the i don't know the main system i have no idea I feel like this movie information that somewhere they must have. I feel like this movie could have had this other like really horrifying ending where they just like came back and were like, well, 
now you That's just it. look like this for forever. Thanks for your service. <laughs> just like well, that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Dr. Dr. Archer, um, his wife, at the end of the movie, when they have both Castor and Archer in each other's bodies being loaded up into the ambulance to go for the surgery, she kisses her husband and wishes him luck for his surgery, even though he's still in Castor's body. And I'm like, would you? Would you? I would not. Like he could have waited for that kiss. What, was that what we needed right now? Like, I, no. <laughs> like, I'm like, could you imagine her headspace? No, she's just delirious. That's, poor woman. Yeah. Poor Doctor Archer. Talk about like underutilized and underappreciated by every man in her life. Like she's a doctor. She's badass. She figures it out and calls it in and manages to convince the whole freaking FBI that this is the actual situation because mm-hmm. they could have been like, you know, what? Well, let's just toss them all in jail. End of it. <laughs> yeah. Instead, we'll perform this like multi-million dollar surgery again. <laughs> again. <laughs> like... A second time. Yeah. Well, yeah oh my it's... gosh. Well, Doc She's is saying that we do have this technology now. Well, you'll have to let us know more about it, Doc. We're not as privy to government secrets as you are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, uh, we have come to that time. So if you're still hanging out with us in the studio audience and you have a feeling, deep feelings about how many faces off you would give this movie, you would definitely <laughs> let us know. Okay. Um, spoiler, I build all of the shows in advance. So like <laughs> only my rating because now it was like, I don't I don't know about this one and i was like i'm all in we're rating this one so yeah kind of skewed skewed results oh no i shook myself hang on there we go okay paul just shared the best fun fact about this movie some of the prisoners are actual ex-convicts recruited by john woo because he wanted real people that's so cool i mean like Hey, you know what? Convicts have a hard time in rehabilitation getting good work, which then not being able to get work can cause recidivism, right? So good for John Woo hiring people. Good for John Woo. Yeah. Yeah. John Woo's a director. director. Yeah, seriously. So much fun. Like, I mean, there are quite a few. There are a few. If you say action movie gunfights explosions you basically think john woo and michael bay mm-hmm. are like the first two to come to mind yeah and neither of those directed the last this movie or the last one we watched which is kind of surprising maybe michael bay took all of his like michael bayness from from these movies <laughs> who knows yeah. i don't know michael bay's timeline at this point when this movie came out i don't know where he was at bad boys Bad Boys came out around probably the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, Bad Boys is nice. So he was he was blowing shit up in LA. Yeah. Car chases, helicopter chasing True. cars. Yeah, he was doing his damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> Doc gives it uh three creepy mask faces. <laughs> oh yeah. Those are those are those are skinless those are faces. Skinless devil those faces. Those are faces with their faces off. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's well done. Well done. Doc understood the assignment. Paul is still sharing some fun facts with us. The films were shot consecutively from the summer of 1996 to spring 1997. And he, you are referencing um, 
Con Air and Face Off, which I think like is just the embodiment of Nicolas Cage. Like Nick Cage is just like, I'm going to do as many movies as is humanly possible, no matter what quality they are, because I just want to be as wealthy as possible. I love it. I live for this. George is also at three. You're all disappointing me here because you know the answer is five. It's definitely a three for me. (laughs) Oh, we lied about this one then. This like crossed over with um also Broken Arrow, which is another action. Oh, I didn't like Broken Arrow. Heist all right, movie. Here, all right. Here I liked go. it because it had Christian Slater in it, Katie. We'll ta- all right. It had we'll John Travolta and Christian Slater. It's true. We should. We'll have to do that one because because Christian Slater's in it, and we did agree we would do more Christian Slater. Paul as well. All right, you guys, you win. <laughs> <laughs> We've all shamed Katie from her love of mm-hmm. this movie into three taters. It's <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very true. It's, it's okay, true. Katie. You know what? I have to confess. I remember when this movie came out, and Katie has always loved this movie. I have. I've always loved this She's one. always genuinely loved this movie. I'm surprised she could even <laughs> possibly allow us to shame her into three taters. <laughs> like, oh, it's fine. For Katie, it's five. It's for sure. It's, it's five. It's five potatoes for me. I, uh, yeah. And it's so funny. When I first, I, I didn't have a ton of time this week. I don't often have a ton of time. <laughs> so this was when I was definitely going to have to split into, like, watching in blocks. And so I like pulled it up um, on Amazon and I was like, oh, more than two hours. Okay. <laughs> and then I was like, nope, it's face off. I'm going to do it. I'm going to feel really upset if I, don't, if I don't get to get all the way through. So I did it. I'm really proud of myself. I got all the way through it. And it was worth it. I don't know. Yeah, it's a fun. I have to say, it was highly entertaining. There were moments of extremely good acting yeah. and uh, moments of... That and it, obviously, like I had some emotional responses to some of the things that happened in the movie. You know, it really did spark yeah. that. Um, and You're right, Nat. Really I'm adding. I'm adding yeah, in another potato. I'm putting, I'm putting my potato back. I'm putting one larger potato, like right here in between. <laughs> Three and a giant potato, just for yeah. me. <laughs> exactly oh no i gotta yeah. move myself out of the way to really appreciate the potato here. there we go there we go Maybe. now we're good yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh so, my gosh yeah. well it was a is... fun watch it was pretty wild i didn't again similar to con air there were moments where i probably shouldn't have laughed out loud but i did yeah i did too um, I, and i, I appreciate saying. that a good giggle when you're watching a movie is always always worth it it's true and we actually we didn't talk about this and i don't have like a lot of thoughts on this but i i thought the guy that played pollux was actually fantastic as well like i he is i can't remember what he's from off the top of my head but i feel like he's played like a russian spy before he's played a mad scientist and anyways well he was i guess a mad scientist in this as well but he was like believe yeah i don't know yeah again he was believable that's my word of the night this is this movie's just entirely believable you guys this um yeah i don't know he he like really did a nice job of embodying the kind of like uh, troubled younger brother that you know that caster needed to protect and take care of and um and be there for oh and i wanted to mention the daughter dominique swain uh played lolita Oh, that wow, yeah. Kind of That's because that. I was like, I recognize her. And then I looked it up. I'm like, oh, she's Lolita, of course. 
Um, And as I had mentioned to Katie, the Danny Masterson, there's a little bit of a Scientology connection in this movie. There's a couple of Scientologists in it. Um, And Danny Masterson made an appearance. And uh, I refuse to acknowledge that he's in this movie. (laughs) But it was very prophetic to his real life. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay, so we're going to we're going to end on a couple of these last amazing amazing facts. So, one, the production occurred, so this this movie production occurred exactly 20 years after Saturday Night Fever and in the on the same studio. It was considered as a sort of tribute to the first success of John Travolta. Awesome fact, Paul. Really pulling it out tonight. And uh and Doc says that Broken Arrow actually gets us a trifecta net. It's Travolta, Slater, and Woo. So, we'll have to add that to the list. <gasps> But well, not there we go. <laughs> not next time. So um, no. if you are joining us live and you're not watching this on replay, we're a week in front of American Thanksgiving. So not this yes. doesn't affect her, but it affects me. So so we're taking next Thursday off for Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to all of our tater tots who celebrate. Um, and then the following week, we are already committed because we have an extra week. We're going to go all in on the three-ish hour more than three i don't remember how many more than two hour mini series extravaganza that is the bbc pride and prejudice so if you want to real if you want to get real <laughs> real romantic and just like so all, all those the feels, 2005 girlies can just suck it yeah if you're a 2005 girly we're we are not here for you sorry you're wrong <laughs> you're right. Sorry, you're wrong. We're going to be talking about is great, and I love Kira Knightley. She does a very, very good impression of um, Jennifer Eel in this in her version of Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it was well, the one time that I thought Kira Knightley wasn't doing Kira Knightley. Like she was, she I really felt like she was imitating the actress Jennifer Eel who did it in the eighties. Mm-hmm. The one we're going to watch, as opposed to being herself. So that mm-hmm. was kind of weird to me anyway i just didn't like it girls yeah. so we're gonna and do guys, og <laughs> the real <laughs> the real pride and prejudice not next week but the week after and then what then we're gonna be into lighting movies so we're gonna be all in yes. for all in for um 90s and 80s holiday movies which in my book yes. so let us might, know what your favorite holidays movies holiday movies are in that in that era Mine's so. i heard you all know that already. <laughs> yeah. So I was gonna say my top three from that, like if we're if we're talking about that grouping, is are probably uh, Die Hard, Home yeah. Alone, and Christmas Vacation are probably my three. Maybe as I a as a fourth, a Christmas story. A Christmas story, Christmas story yeah. is in there. I don't watch it as often as I as I do the other ones. Christmas Vacation and Home Alone are like yeah. very iconic. Te- childhood and teenage movies for me and then um die hard we picked up uh, when we were teeny well, i picked up when i was a teenager and we've run yeah, yeah, all the way through yeah so we should probably I say again if you're a the original muppets christmas movie a muppets oh, christmas i do like the muppets christmas yeah the muppets i christmas. i also really like um elf <laughs> do i love what's happening but I think uh, I think I Elf love is Christmas movies. I really like. I think Elf is out of era. No, I think it might be it's still within. I think it's early two thousands. We'll have to look that I one don't up. Know. Well, we'll need to do so. Uh, so a couple of big announcements, actually. Announcements, announcements. So first off, we have a website, which we should have mentioned at the beginning of this episode, but we didn't. So you're still hanging out with us or listening. We hope so. 
Um, swing on over and we'll be updating all of these uh, video descriptions and show notes, but you can find us at thevhsclubpod.com. And there, on site, exciting things. You can find all of the audio-only episodes easily. You can find all of the video episodes super easily. You can leave us a review. Just saying. You can leave us a review. And you can read other people's reviews. There's just one from Maury. So all of you studio audience people are obviously not real friends. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't know yet. (laughs) So you can leave us a review. And I'm really excited about this feature. So we'll have to test it out. I haven't tried it. I haven't tried it out yet, but you can leave a voicemail, which I'm really excited to play your voicemail. So leave us a voicemail and let us know your top three, top five. I don't know. Your top Christmas movies, your top holiday movies so that we make sure we have the best possible list ready for you. We also might put up because uh, Katie suggested that maybe my when I watch the movie, I write notes just so I remember yeah. writing and the visual and the physical writing helps me remember it without having to rewatch it. So mm-hmm. I have these stream of consciousness notes that I write while watching the movie. Um, and we might post those as we're well. We're uh, going to post those. Yeah, we're going to post all of <laughs> Wait those. Wait till you read my notes about this one. <laughs> <laughs> They are brother and sister. Yeah. <laughs> I totally missed it. <laughs> we are, we're going to post all of those. Uh, Doc suggested Love Actually, which, yeah, that's a strong yeah. contender. That one is an I incredible movie. I have to say, movie. I'm still mad at Alan Rickman for cheating on Emma Thompson, okay? I'm still not over it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen oh. the movie like one and a half times because I was like, I can't watch him do it again. Really? I love that one? I've seen that one a lot. It's such a good movie. It's a really good one. That's a good one. And the one. scene where Laura Lindley is bawling her eyes out to um, uh, the Beatles' uh, Blackbird. I, mm-hmm. It's such an emotional movie. It's so beautiful and movie. very emotional. Doc, Doc needs your brain notes. Doc <laughs> yeah. needs all of Nat's brain notes. They're coming at you, Doc. They're on the website, <laughs> thevhsclubpod.com. Make sure that you swing on over there. We're having a lot of fun getting a bunch of cool stuff updated and ready to go gonna roll right into next year where we're approaching our one-year anniversary so we'll be doing it in style it should be fun yay yay well thanks for hanging out if you made it all the way to the end you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast we drop new episodes every friday you can hang out with us on youtube either live on most thursday nights at 9 p.m eastern or you can catch the replays whenever works for you or you can find us on our new website the vhs club pod at the vhsclubpod.com you can email us at the vhsclubpod at gmail.com and yeah let us know what your favorite movies are what movies we should be reviewing next we may have to do i know it's true we might have to do uh two a week to fit in all the christmas movies we're not above that we don't have plans (laughs) we're all in we're all in for all the christmas movies uh i know because because there's like there's a couple shorter ones too like i i love me the original grinch cartoon Right? I Paul's... knew you were going to say it as soon as you said original, I'm like Grinch. Grinch. It's the best. Original Grinch cartoon. My heart is usually the two sizes too small part. Um, and every once in a while I decorate, I, I, I elf kind of decorate for <laughs> Christmas. Like I, Will Ferrell takes over my body and I decorate the house for Christmas. And then my brother is very concerned about my mental health. <laughs> so okay. I have to try and find a happy medium to like nothing to... 
to to elf so yeah there's some we'll good see ones. guys we'll see what this year does for us there's some good ones <laughs> well send us send us all of your ideas share your favorite christmas movie memories we'd love to hear that and we appreciate all of you hanging out all the way at the end and we love that you're all diehard fans there's no people complaining about diehard here so everyone's good we're good to keep you as our as our audience our, our people <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks for hanging out, Nat, and thanks for putting up everyone with our our face our face off movie night review. We will see you not next week, but the following week. Have a great night, bye everyone.